This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. And uh, those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their website, and we do it for free at freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight, as always. But there is one topic that was a little unexpected. Pressing issue. Uh, yeah, something that we need to uh, nip in the butt at, at this point. Get it out of the way. Get it taken care of. It came up over the weekend. I didn't even know about it until this morning. Same here. When uh, Johnson sent me a link to uh, the, the relevant website thread. Well, we have a, we have a, a message board on our site, and it is, uh, it, it's huge. It's ponderous. Um, what, 180,000 180, posts. 180,000 posts. So the idea that we could keep up and monitor um, all those posts it's is impossible. It's impossible. And you, try, you attempt to. I don't make any effort at all. I don't, you know, I don't like message boards. At this point, I, I had actually had to catch up today because I haven't done a good message board catch up in over a month's time, and I had something like 65 pages of unread posts to go through. And That's so a this, lot of darn posts. At this posts. point, all I can do is sort of scan the titles and see if something interests me, and if so, then then go and look at it, just because it's gotten so crazy. Uh, but I was directed to one particular post today. And, As was I. And it was, uh, it was that post that we sort of expected to see yes. one of these days. At uh, some it was point. Either, it was either going to come in the form of a post or as a random phone call uh, to the show, Probably better that it came as a post, okay. um, as, a, as opposed to a, just an unexpected phone call. But uh, it has to do with, well, one of the um, unspoken secrets of, uh, of Free Talk Live up until this point. Right. I mean, you know, everybody who listens to the show doesn't know everything about the hosts. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's true for everybody. I, I mean, it's true for most talk radio. Uh, it's, it's true for most talk radio, and it's true for most people. People don't go, um, you know, gallivanting around telling everybody their deep, dark secrets and stuff that they, they believe is private and, and things like that. And thank God, I don't want to hear all that crap from people. Sure. You know, I, I really don't, this isn't the I don't show. need to know how many abortions you had, lady. Thanks. Well, I mean, in, in Free Talk Live's a show about uh, the callers. We focus on what you want to mm-hmm. talk about. And uh, the so hosts. It's, it's not really the show about the history and the past of, uh, of Mark. And, and it, it, would r- it would run out of information relatively sure. quickly. I think I could do a show on my, uh, my history, and maybe it would last a week tops if, with everybody asking questions as yeah. the listenership slowly dwindled, quickly dwindled. Sure. <laughs> I mean. uh, so basically what happened was someone showed up on the bulletin board system. We still aren't sure who this individual is. No. Uh, we aren't really positive if he is uh, who he claims to be. and But that's irrelevant. Right. Um, the relevant factor is that uh, he essentially outed you for um, where you spent nine years of your life. Yeah, he, um, I, I, I did. I he spent... first hinted at it, um, and he tried to get the uh, listeners on the board to sort of figure it out. And uh, eventually it was figured out. Eventually someone did the digging mm-hmm. and uh, discovered that uh, Mark Edge is a truncated version of your name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that... What a surprise! Somebody on the radio has a fake name. You know, the, I mean, it's pretty common that people have on-air names. Yeah. I don't think talk show hosts. It's quite as common. I don't think they wanted to believe it at first. You could see the listeners essentially. Um, it, it, they were in shock. They could. They couldn't believe it was denial. Of course, the most mm-hmm. common human response that uh, someone that they've come to like and and care about to some extent mm-hmm. as as a, a favorite talk show host could have spent nine years in prison on a on a murder charge. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Um, when I was 17 years old, I 
wasn't the person that I am today. You know, I did. I wasn't either. I, I can't imagine anybody that uh, who's not 17 who could say that, make that statement, that, and it would be, um, you know, true or, or untrue. Um, I think if you were like you were when you were 17, I wouldn't be able to stand you. No, well, that that, that much is true. Little you know, brat. I I did I did some bad things. I uh, you know burglarized places. I um, you did. I, did. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, why would you? Why would I, sure. you know, I mean, I can Why say wear it on your sleeve? silly kid stuff. I didn't go in and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't like a, uh, a professional burglar or anything I like see. that. But I, you know, I, I remember in one particular place, I, uh, you know, some lady didn't live there. Or she had died. She had died. And so we went in and looked around her house. And I see. I may have taken a small item or two. I certainly didn't have a problem with stealing things at that point. Gotcha. Um, many 17-year-olds learn lessons about stealing. Um, I... You know, I had uh, I broke into a car once and took some stuff. I uh, did a lot of drugs, a whole lot of drugs, and um, I got messed up with a guy who, you know, was even better than you. Yeah, a, a, a lot worse. And I can't discuss the specifics of the what happened um, in my particular case. Now, why I, is that? Because someone's going to immediately jump on you and say, "Well, what are you trying to hide? What? Why can't you?" I mean, you talk about everything else on Free Talk Live. Why not? Okay, um, let me read the uh, – now, remember, Free Talk Live is broadcast in many, many markets. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in, you know, on, in, in several different states, and then, you know, obviously we're a podcast, so people could claim we're in all 50 states. So we're subject to laws in those states. Um, we're also subject to the laws of the state we're in. And uh, let me read from the Florida uh, statutes here. It says, A lien prior indignity to all others shall exist in favor of the state upon royalties. The state, not the victim. Upon royalties, commissions, proceeds of sale, or any other thing of value payable to or according to a convicted felon or person on his or her behalf, including any person to whom the proceeds may be transferred or assigned by gift. I love legalese. Yeah, I was going to ask you what that all means. Um, from a literary, cinematic, or other account of the crime for which he or she was convicted. I cannot account this crime on the air or otherwise. I make money on Free Talk Live. You make money on Free Talk Live. I cannot and will not jeopardize that. So somebody could essentially say that by they will pointing immediately out, by pointing out what happened in the hotel room. If I give an, an account of my crime, then I will be subject to um, you know what is essentially called the uh, son of Sam laws. I don't. That's be, if you make money off of the account. I mean, isn't it well, a bit of a stretch to say that? No, it's not a bit of a stretch. Um, there's going to be commercials coming up in the next break, and we're going to be paid for those commercials, Ian. I see. Sorry, the content of this show is what I, you know, the stuff that the words that are coming so, out of my mouth. So what we, you can't talk about what actually happened That's as correct. far as the commission of the crime that you were jailed. And for I don't particularly you. want to, you know, to, in all honesty, it happened when I was 17 years old. I'm 36 next month. This was you made some bad choices. Yeah, this was 19, almost 19 years ago. Um, it's 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 a lifetime ago. I've lived longer than I had at that point. And I've learned a lot of things. Now, I did some bad stuff. And, there, you know, a, a guy died. I did not kill him. I swear it didn't happen. But, you know, I was there. But you went to jail for it. I did go to jail. I, I went to jail for that because I had told so many lies up to that point. The cops wouldn't believe a word that I said. Mm. You know, I tried to lie to protect my co-defendant. And then I tried to protect, um, lie to protect myself. And I just told lie after lie after lie. By the time I'm ready to tell the truth... Nobody wants to hear it. Mm. And, um, you know, if you, if you follow the money in this circumstance, I had a co-defendant, the guy who did this, a guy who signed a sworn statement that said he did it. He did that after the, uh, the trial because I was taking it back to trial. Um, but, 
you know, I mean, and everybody says, uh, you know, I, I pled out. I did plead out. I pled out because I was essentially being offered a sentence that would, uh, you know, allow me to do four years in prison and get out and not have to deal with all this nonsense. And I was scared. How did it go from four to nine? Um, well, they changed the system on me um, in, in mid-flow. They changed the game time system in Florida, and uh, it caused me to do significantly more. Wow. Um, I was finally released from a ruling for the Florida Supreme Court on uh, you know, game time specifically. So, um, so not everything that is being said in the message thread on the, on the bulletin board system is, is true. It is not true. Um, I, you know, I can't, I'm not going to uh, go into the details of it. It gets ugly. It's ugly. Sure. And, um, Somebody died yeah. violently. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel remorse for that. The I really, guy who did it, though, can we talk about what the guy who did it? He's back in jail. We can talk about that. We can talk about that um, information. We can't talk about what I did. I cannot talk about my story. He's back in jail for allegedly molesting children, mm -hmm. and you're out making a good life for yourself. Mm -hmm. You've been out since 1998. And uh, you've been a you've been a great guy to work with. Uh, you've definitely turned your life right. around in that if, time. If I'm a bad guy, if I'm a killer, where's the trail of bodies? <laughs> you know why? Why are you still alive? I've been mad at you plenty I of times. I haven't seen your cat in a little <laughs> while. <laughs> well, Senior Gauchy Pants is just fine. He was giving me all kinds of trouble this morning. So there right, you okay. go. So if you've ever wondered why it was that Mark seemed to know so much about uh, the inside workings of uh, the jail system, because I was inside the jail system working for nine years, and now you know. 1-800-259-9231. And now uh, one of the show secrets is out of the bag. Yeah. One of those it. things we were holding for a $10,000 amp. <laughs> but there's there's at least one more. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Live streams are there. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version for your listening convenience at freetalklive.com. Plus, if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, well, SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Talking about the uh, cat that was let out of the bag over the weekend, it was something that had we had our druthers, Mark, I think we would have preferred to wait a couple more years and then just sort of come out of the closet on it on our own. It, but it didn't work that way. It did not. Um, and, you know, you don't always get your druthers in this life. No. Nope. That's the way that goes. And uh, it was something that it was inevitable, something that would have happened eventually. And I think that some of our listeners who have spent time in the pokey, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be jail or, or the prison system, because there is a difference. Uh, but uh, some of our listeners who have spent time there, and I'm not one of them would have probably already been able to tell that you spent nine years of your life there. Because of my foreknowledge you and, just and have some so much nomenclature, too. You just have so much knowledge about the system, and, and you, you, would, you make sort of, uh, you insert things that, you insert sayings about jail and prison that really only someone who's been on the inside, I think, would know. So I think we probably had some listeners that at some level already knew this, 
but now it's it's been confirmed. Oh, we had a lot of listeners that that already knew this. They just kept their mouths shut. <laughs> but you okay. know, now now they don't. Um, now some haven't uh, or one hasn't. Um, and you know, I, I guess what I want to say is I am not uh, abdicating culpability. I'm not saying that I'm in no way responsible. I am, and I did nine years for uh, a murder charge. It's you can't say I didn't do my time. I did it. I satisfied mm-hmm. the state, and you know I, I'm ready to move on and get a new life. Um, also, I am saying I didn't kill anybody. Um, I had a co-defendant, and I think if you follow the money in this uh, particular circumstance, you'll find out that's where it leads. Um, you know, I can tell you that there was uh, an embezzlement um, that this general that uh, my co-defendant worked for the uh, victim. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't work for him. I didn't know him from Adam. You were just sort of brought along. Right. You know, the best thing I can come up with is moral support. And And it turned into something that you didn't expect. And I was there on, um, you know, pretenses I did not understand. I I didn't understand why I was there. I, you know, I mean, I I thought it was something entirely different. Um, So, you know, I'm not saying I wasn't, I'm not responsible. I'm not saying I wasn't there. I'm saying that uh, I didn't do it. If you look into this, you'll find that uh, people benefited and one of them wasn't me. So this may be one of the reasons why you've been so, uh, I guess, over the years, you've been so adamant about uh, innocent people being thrown into uh, to jail. You weren't necessarily innocent, per se, but you... No, no. I, I wouldn't call myself innocent. And I'll tell you, you see, this is what I, what I like the least about this. It's uncomfortable for me doing this right sure. now, as you can imagine. But what I like the least about this is now, whenever I talk about the death penalty, people's vision's going to be clouded. They're going to say, oh, well... He's a convicted murderer. Of course he doesn't believe in the death penalty. But I believed in the death penalty for a very, very long time. I believed if you killed somebody that the only way you could pay for that would, was, to, um, was to die. Mm. Well, What changed? Um, what changed is actually I read the uh, John Grisham book, The Chamber. Um, it it po- pointed out some uh, points of view on the subject that I hadn't thought of and uh, showed me that, well, innocent people are sometimes executed too. Mm-hmm. And you're never, you know, never 100, 100% sure. If somebody confesses to something, why did they confess? You know, there's all kinds of things into that. I mean, maybe they, can, maybe they made a confession to somebody who turned them in, and they, the confession was meant to scare that person or impress that person with their, uh, right. you know, with their abilities or whatever. I mean, who knows why they do what they do? Um, so you can never be 100% sure even with a confession. Um, some people are just nuts, and they confess. So... I, 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 that's what I regret the most about this, is that from here on out, anything I say about the death penalty is now coming from the lips of a convicted killer. So, of course, they don't believe – so, of course, he doesn't believe in the death penalty. Well, I can back it up Well, anybody facts. that's going to make that statement anyway isn't going to be somebody who would have been really easily it's persuadable. They, they wouldn't have been persuadable at all. So the, They would have been one of those who is emotionally invested in the idea of, of a death penalty. And it's, if you're emotionally invested, it's hard to make any sort of salient points with people like that. Right. All right. So, I, and one, one last, yeah, one last thing I wanted to say about it is, um, I did nine years in prison. In that nine years, I uh, participated in the Operation Turnaround program. I spoke to literally hundreds and hundreds of young people who were destined, um, uh, you know, designated by the courts to, like, in likelihood, they would go to prison in the future. Mm-hmm. 
Um, these were, this is kind of the scared straight, except, right, right. except I didn't steal anybody's shoes. Okay. <laughs> you know, there was none of that. Did this you was, curse at them and yell? No, that wasn't the purpose of the program. The pro- program was informational. I see. And uh, meant to show them um, the shocking place that is prison and then to talk to an articulate um, prisoner who could give them an idea of what life would be like. Gotcha. Um, so that they could make an informed decision about what they wanted to do with their life. I would think that among those hundreds, and, and not to mention just those boys, but I also talked to uh, college classes that came through. Mm-hmm. I talked to uh, women's voter groups. I talked to uh, uh, disabled American veterans. I talked to uh, um, correctional officer groups that were touring. This would be the first their, their first uh, talking, you know, their first uh, meeting of an inmate. Um, I did a, I did the public speaking on behalf of the inmates for the prison. Gotcha. Um, and I would like to think of all those hundreds and hundreds of uh, young, mostly men, <clears throat> people that I spoke to that were destined, supposedly destined for prison. I, I mean, I can't say, and the courts can't say. But um, well, they've gotten into trouble. They had gotten into trouble, right? Again, probably. I would think that I, I, I would like to think that I prevented some crimes. Like I talked to those guys. I made an impression. I've made impressions on people on this show. People's, um, you know, people's, they, they, they write us emails and they say, Free Talk Live has changed the way I think. Sure. Um, I hope that I changed the way some of those young men thought. And I hope that that goes some distance and, um, you know, uh, making recompense for what I've done. Obviously, uh, nothing can ever bring the, the individual back, but I think that you've really gone a, uh, over and above the uh, the call of duty, right. certainly the, more so than uh, many others do. Yeah, I, and they saw that, and that's why you were let out when you were let out, as opposed to twenty. I can't years honestly later. say if I wasn't in um, that hotel room where I was when this um, occurred. I can't say if I wasn't there that it wouldn't have occurred, because right. I, I don't know. You know, the what ifs are so you know it's that's so difficult to, to say a what if. I mean, if I would have not been available would somebody else have been brought along for moral support would he have done it on his own all these things all these questions right you know it's it's horrendous but what what happened happened right. it's unfortunate and we all make mistakes when we're uh, younger yours just happened to be a little bit more serious um than some other people's right i mean think of uh, if if people would think about it for a minute think about uh you know unprotected sex for a second Here's a dangerous, dangerous thing that people do all the time. What if uh, every girl that uh, I had had sex with got pregnant? Or what if I had gotten AIDS and spread it around before I knew? Mm. I mean, people regret things that happen when they're younger. They regret things they did, and I think that they should be able to move on. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't want to make it sound like I, I, uh, I'm minimizing what happened. As oh, it's just. A but you've known mistake. it for years and years. Oh, it's just a childish mistake. But uh, more on the way. This is your show. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Kayleen wants to talk to you from Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, your calls as well, as well about anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. What's your liberty issue? The right to bear arms? Register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. 
Panelists include pro-Second Amendment New Hampshire state representatives and gun organizations, as well as Bill Westmiller, National Chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Visit freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to sign up today for the Liberty Forum. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Let's go to the phones. To the fun, Kayleen in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Kayleen. Hello, you sexy guys. Hey, Kayleen. What's on your mind? Hey, Mark. I just want you to know, whatever happened, I'm sure you made a mistake, but you paid for it, and um, it's none of my business, but you're a great guy, and I love you. And Thank that's you. all I wanted to say. Appreciate Thanks, it. Kayleen. Thank Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And you know what? I think that you're probably going to find a lot more support uh, from our listenership than anything else. And if some people want to get uppity about this, then screw them. You know, it's cost me potential jobs. Like, I've not been hired as a result I of... I bet it has. As, ...as a result of being a convicted felon. But it, uh, to the best of my knowledge, has never cost me a potential girlfriend. Really? Interestingly, people are... Well, they do like the bad boys. Um, I don't know that I, uh, I'm going to make that uh, particular um, generalization, but I am going to say that, uh, you know, my life speaks for itself. It's, I'm, you know, I'm successful and things work because... Your adult life. You mean. Yeah, my adult life. You know, things are different for me. I've uh, learned lessons from prison, and I don't intend to repeat them. Nothing, nothing is worth going to prison for. It's not. No amount of money, no uh, revenge, none of that stuff is worth it. It stinks in there. Hmm. And, and that's one of the reasons why you think a life sentence is much worse for, uh, for, for instance, somebody who would have received a death penalty instead getting a lifelong sentence. That's one of the reasons why you think it's, it's, it's worse, right? I, I, I think that it's certainly not getting off. Um, yeah. I think that it's a punishment uh, worthy of the death penalty, and, and many, many, many convicts uh, decide that they're going to take their own lives rather in, than, prison. in prison rather than do the time. Because um, so, it's easier. Yeah, it, it's just that's the way that is. And some of them get very um, suicidal in their actions, so they end up dying as a result of other things. And it, essentially it's, you know, death by whatever, you know, suicide by whatever. Mm-hmm. They manage to, uh, you know, make some gang angry and get themselves killed or, you know, whatever manner it is that they, they go. Now that this has uh, has come out, and since we're still discussing it here, I would have been con- happy. I would have been content just sort of getting it out and getting it done with but since we're uh, on the subject, since we've talked about sex offenders so many times, and all of the new, and you didn't go in for a sex offense, I don't want anyone to get confused. No. Um, but since we've talked about what the government has in store as far as mandates, and the sex offenders have to check in whenever they move somewhere, and they, you know, they can't go within a certain distance of a school area or a park, and there's all these restrictions on sex offenders after the fact, like now even to the point with uh, with GPS anklets, as somebody who has gone in, gone through the system, has, uh, has made a better life for himself, certainly you can, uh, you can definitely understand how detrimental it can be to, to wear that scarlet letter for your entire life after you've tried to make a difference, after you've tried to, uh, to set everything as much as you can set straight in your life, to, to be forced to, uh, to carry that weight around, I mean, publicly, is really, I find that outrageous. Um, I had a friend named George. Uh, I'm not going to tell you his last name. And he went in in and, prison. In prison. Um, you know, 
he got out. He had gone in for a uh, vehicular homicide. He apparently was, uh, you know, uh, one tenth of a point over whatever limit there was. And uh, then again, so was the other driver. But that doesn't seem to matter because she died. Mm. Um, you know, and the, these are, this is the story that he tells me. I don't know what the, the facts are in the case. Um, I can only believe what I believe because he told it to me and I believed it. There's plenty of people who told me their um, stories and I didn't believe it. But George is one of the ones that I did. Gotcha. George got out and, um, you know, he tried to be to practice the trade that he learned in prison. And he just he had a very difficult time making it. I'm not saying that he tried hard enough. I'm, I, I don't believe he did. I'm not saying that, um, you know, that makes what he did okay, but George got involved in crime um, after that and Again. organized crime, and uh, he... He's, as to the best of my knowledge, he's back in prison again, and I, I know quite a few. The, um, you know, the recidivism rate for uh, certain classifications of uh, uh, ex-cons is very high, and uh, you know it's unfortunate, but a lot of them feel like they can't make things go in the free world because it just gets harder and harder and harder. The more you you can't get separated. The, the, um, well, what makes it harder exactly? Well, I mean, if you can't get a job, Ian. If, if, oh, I see what you mean. If you can't get a job, yeah. if you can't live in a certain place, the stigma having that stigma over hanging over them makes it more difficult for them to uh, set back into society. Right. There's a you know there's an adjustment period, and I must say I had an adjustment period. Um, right. You know, there's an adjustment period when people get out, and if in during that adjustment period, I guess I mean I'm not I'm not saying that it's not their fault. It's their fault, but. Let's make it a little easier for people. Right. Um, like the, the complaint that I have about uh, gun laws, There's, it's against the law for me to own a firearm. You can't even vote. I, well, I can vote. Oh, okay. I can vote in certain states. I can't vote in Florida. I see. I right. could not vote in Florida, although I did. And <laughs> I managed to slide through because they have a crappy little system that hmm. um, sc- of screening people. Um, and if you want to admit to that, but okay. Well, why? They couldn't. It, isn't it just, the, just as much their job to uh, screen me I out guess. as it is my job to uh, not vote? I suppose you're right. Um, you know the uh, the uh, I can't own a firearm and protect myself. It's a felony for me to own a firearm. Right. And we had that uh, that lady call in from Indianapolis a couple weeks ago uh, who was convicted for s- selling some cocaine 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and now that's that's still hanging over her head. Yeah, it she, would have been one thing had she just snorted a little cocaine, but it, uh, because she took the time to sell it to a few friends of hers, all of a sudden now she's uh, she can't get jobs, she can't do work. Now you know I don't think I'm not it's saying tragic. that uh, I'm not saying that convicts shouldn't pay the price, but let's let them return to society. Yeah. Let's not cause when the recidivism. Yeah, let's not cause the recidivism. And I'm not saying that you know that the convicts are absolved of their responsibilities in this, but I am saying let's make it so they can return to society. Who could disagree with that? Why do we want to have a system? people that hate convicts? Why do people we that hate crime? I, but, but it's it's counterintuitive. It, but it, people don't care. So is it's the death penalty. So is the death penalty is counterintuitive. Right. You're gonna you're ab, um, you're advocating murder because people murder people. That's one of the neat parts about this book that I'm still in the middle of. I really need to finish one of these uh, these days. <laughs> but it's called The Market for Liberty, and it points out brilliantly how destructive it is. Uh, the current justice, so-called justice system that we have, that essentially says that uh, eye for an eye is basically, oh, you've destroyed some value in my life by maybe breaking into my home, stealing things. I'm going to now destroy some value in your life by stealing from you or putting you in in jail uh, or, for instance, murder. You know, you're taking value from people's lives. And in return, 
they're taking value from your life, and so everybody loses. Whereas if it's a more of a restitution-based system, okay, yes, stealing from someone, harm, harming someone, you're taking value, but instead of st- um, destroying value from that other person's life, you allow them to continue creating wealth and creating value, and you just take a piece of it. You just take a piece out for a restitution sort of a plan. I, I think that there's... Not- I think there's a place for prison in society. I think that people. I didn't, that, I didn't so, talk out. I'm not talking out against prison. I, I understand. I'm, I'm talking just, about destruction of value in return for destruction of value. I think that in prison people should be compensated at um, you know at, at some reasonable levels, and that that um, money that they make a, a certain amount of it should go to um, compensating the victims. Yes, I agree with you entirely. Absolutely. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So whether you want to talk about the uh, the prison system, whether you've been on the inside and uh, you can relate, or you just want to go somewhere else completely, this is your show and it is free talk live. And one last thing I'd like to say, and in relation to the draft, well, all you people that think that the military is a good idea because of the draft, um, or excuse me, you think the military is a good idea because it teaches people responsibility and all those. You had a good mm-hmm. time when you were in the military. I learned responsibility and I learned adulthood in prison. And I think everybody should do at least three years hard time no, turning big rocks into little rocks. No, You're I really facetious. do. I'm not in, not entirely. I think that it was a great experience for me. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. Enjoy them for free at freetalklive.com. But we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. 35 categories of products. You know Amazon. They are the world's largest Internet retailer. But if you enter through that link, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, then anything you buy, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of. So it's a great way to get the shopping done, get the products you need. You don't even have to leave your living room or your den or wherever it is your computer is. And uh, the stuff's delivered to your door, in many cases with free Super Saver shipping, and it goes to benefit Free Talk Live if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, bef- before we move on, Mark, and we do have other things to talk about tonight. Believe it but I wanted or not. To, I wanted to uh, give you another chance to explain what you were saying right before the break. You were saying that uh, you benefited from personally from the time you spent in jail. I absolutely you went, did. You went in a punk-ass, for lack of a better term, kid, um, with a lack of respect for anything in life at all, I would think. You were just a... You're, you were a jerk. Yeah, I was. And uh, I'm, I'm honored to have not known you back then, and I'm glad I know you now. You were rather young at the time. Uh, yes. And so you went in a real scumbag, and you came out all right. And so you're saying that everybody should uh, should spend time in jail. Now, can you explain that a little bit better? Well, for one, I did find... I feel like you're being facetious. I, uh, to, maybe to some extent. Um, I'm being as facetious... Um, I'm being facetiously pointing out that people that believe that the draft is a good idea... The people who've been in the military and who say, I love the military, you should spend two years of your life there. Those kind of people, you mean? Those people, but not all people um, that advocate the draft even have been in the military. They just think that the military teaches discipline. They've heard it's a good thing. The the military's good and stuff. Um, those that sort of thought process. Well, prison was good for me. It was great for me. It changed my life. And I don't want that time back. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I I don't feel that I've lost time like Mm -hmm. you haven't spent time in prison? I have. I don't feel cheated or jilted in any way. Right. You know, so I say, great, great. If if 
Military is good for people. Prison was good for me. Let everybody serve a three-year minimum mandatory <laughs> sentence. And they can see just how good it is. Right. But you don't really. You're just being sarcastic. You're making a point, And it's a very, uh, it's a very good point. You know, but you really wouldn't want to subject people to uh, that loss of their life. Um, in reality, you understand that people um, pursuing their own livelihoods in whatever way they feel is best is the appropriate way to live life, as long as they're not harming others, which you did at one time, and you paid for it. Mm-hmm. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number. All right, so I'm all tapped out on this. I think yeah. we've pretty much explored it. Yep. And uh, so... I guess uh, now that uh, now we'll have to now that it's out in the open, um, you can be I guess honest in the future about your time in uh, in the pokey, and I think that could be useful to to some extent. It's not uh, too many people. I mean, uh, it's, well, I guess it's something that's not on the radio. G, G. Gordon Liddy was, but I mean, he went in for political stuff. Political stuff and yeah. I think that people, um, you know, I'm taking responsibility for my crime, and it was a bad one. Right. Um, but. G. Gordon Liddy committed uh, a burglary. I assume he was involved in the burglary that uh, went down at Watergate, uh, the Watergate Hotel. And, you know, people sort of expect that. They expect the Democrats and the Republicans to play dirty pool with each yeah. other and all that stuff. So he, he, he kind of gets a pass, you know? I mean, yeah, he how many do... other talk show hosts uh, can claim this? None. But then again, if you – now, okay, so you just can't talk about what actually I happened, can, but you I can, can say I served X amount of time in prison. I can, benefit, I can benefit from being a convict. I can't benefit from what made me a convict. Gotcha. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number. Convict. So it'll be interesting to see if this plays out any further. Uh, I don't know if the individual who outed you was hoping to damage the show personally. I don't believe it's going to do any damage. Well, I don't think it's going to damage the show either way. If I have to leave um, as a result, then I well, will. Why would you have to leave? Well, uh, Like, what could possibly happen that would make you have to leave? I'm not going to go over the scenarios because I don't I'm think not, it'll be helpful. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I can't, personally, I can't envision anything that would really uh, be damaging here. Right. It would seem to me that if uh, somebody wanted to send out a press release, which we're not going to do, I mean, we're not going to shout it from the rooftops, but at this point, since the cat's out of the bag, there's no point in trying to... <laughs> I think to... that a press release would probably help us. You think? Maybe. Could. Generate some controversy, that sort of thing. I mean, it's a controversial show. Yeah. And, you know, then people are gonna, people are going to listen. Uh, program directors like controversial shows. Well, I think it'll just be I think it'll just sort of work in eventually as as part of the show. And people who listen inevitably will right now, if you're listening now, you know, but if you tune in three months from now, you won't know. Right. If you're a new listener three months from today, you won't necessarily be aware of this. So over time, it'll just sort of work in and uh, people will sort of will just discover um, Mark's sordid past and they'll they'll be okay with it, I think. I'm because, somewhat relieved that I don't have to hide it anymore. Yeah. Well, you know what? You were coming out more personally. Like, to people that you would meet in person, my roommate, for instance, you just sort of blabbed it to him one night, and uh, you've just, you'd been getting into the, uh, I guess, the gear of being more open just in general about I, it. You know, as you move farther from it, it becomes less and less important. I mean, we're talking about something that occurred 19 years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that it's, it's just, it's not that big of an issue, um, you know, in life, so I'm I, it, I'm more comfortable about it. And also, I work for myself. I don't work for anybody else now, so I don't have to worry about that particular stigma. And that's always the problem. The problem right. wasn't finding um, you know women to date, um, high caliber women, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got a very nice lady right now. I do. I, you know, high caliber one, better than I deserve. Um, and I've had them all along the way. 
it's it's really about um you know the, the hardest stigma. part is getting a job that job anti job stigma that it, that applies to I felons. would imagine that I might have a difficult time being say a big brother from Big Brothers Big Sisters that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. um. You know, maybe there might be some pro- problems adopting a, a child, you know, foster child or something like that. Um, I can't go to Canada. <laughs> I can't. <clears throat> really? I can't, can't go to Canada. Just because they don't want felons in Canada? Is that's, that- that's it. I, I went to Canada to vi- visit a friend uh, shortly after getting out and uh, um, spent the uh, spent a night in the nicest jail I have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> people were offering cigarettes. In articulate English voices. I mean, it was just really? amazing. It was amazing to me. Wow. If you're going to do time, do it in Canada. Wait, so was it actually a Canadian jail or was yes. it a border jail? It was a border jail. Um, it was it was the jail whence they sent, sent people, convicts trying to cross the border. I see. Um, it, so it, they put you in for a night and then let you go back to the United States? Then I saw some magistrate type person, some person with some name besides judge. Yeah. And uh, that person said, you're not allowed in Canada anymore, son. Get out. Wow. If you that come, was it. Yeah. And See you later. If you come back, you're in big old trouble. Did they uh, escort you across the border? They absolutely did. And then the, uh, the United States uh, customs guards uh, went through my truck, went, went through my van with a dog. <laughs> Can you go to other countries or just is it just... Is it generally? I, I've been to many, many countries and haven't had that problem. Huh. Um, I haven't had a problem getting a passport. Well, but. Canada is missing out on you then. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control. Of I'd the like airwaves. to go to Montreal and spend some money. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, all right, so we're done with that. Uh, Mark, of course, same old Mark. He's he, nothing has changed except that a little bit of information has uh, has come out here. And I'm interested to see what uh, the if what if any there will be a, a what blowback from this uh, that we will experience. Personally, I don't predict any. Uh, I don't want to sound too cocky on that or anything like that. I can't see. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? A station drops off because they're suck. concerned about the controversy. I can't imagine that. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, there have been more some advertiser than, doesn't want to advertise because he's speaking to a convicted killer. That could be thought could be possible. It, it doesn't. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I mean, I've I've been in advertising quite some time. Met a few uh, ex-cons. You know? I bet. So, all right. So there you go. All right. So on the way, coming up here. Uh, in fact, we might as well get it started. The story out of Yonkers, New York. A teacher has been barred from classes for having his seventh-grade students draw male genitalia on the blackboard during health class. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, it's health class. Right. Aren't they supposed to do that? You would think. When I was in high school, uh, we had a genitalia coloring contest. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I must say that there was a period in my life, I, it wasn't high school, when I didn't know what the female genitalia was, mm-hmm. where it was located precisely. Um, I think that some of these courses um, are good. Actually, wait a minute. No, it wasn't in high school, the genitalia coloring contest. I was in sixth grade when we had the uh, genitalia. In sixth grade, I couldn't, I couldn't pin the tail on the, uh, uh, the, the vulva, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> the teacher, whose name was not made public, was assigned to administrative duties, and Superintendent Bernard Perosio will ask trustees to fire him. Yonkers School spokesperson uh, Gerilyn Firestein said Friday, quote, there was no way we were going to let him be in front of children. Pierozo said the teacher opened a lesson on human anatomy and sexuality by asking students in a class of boys and girls to volunteer to come to the board to draw male anatomy. Fierstein said the state's seventh grade curriculum calls for the anatomy lessons, but, quote, as a teacher, you have to be sensitive and you have to look at the age appropriateness of any activity that you would ask a child to do. And this was just not appropriate. Now, I'd like to know why. 
what was it about this that wasn't appropriate? If you agree that it wasn't, I'd like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. What's wrong with drawing genitalia on a chalkboard? And would there have been the same, uh, similar objection to me color, uh, engaging in the genitalia coloring contest back in sixth grade? Come back with more. Hour two's on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Packet8.net toll-free line for you. As we launch into hour number two, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones and to the fun, let's start things out with Rob in Georgia on the amplifier line. Hey, Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, guys? Going great. What's on your mind? Well, I'd like to talk about the spanking topic you guys talked about Saturday. Sure. Spanking. Um... Now I actually have I stopped thinking uh, my daughter uh, really just started to think about it and started to think that that was just not the appropriate pun- way to punish her. Now wait, uh, at what at what age did you stop? Well, actually, I guess I stopped really at when she I stopped when she was five. Although I really wish I had stopped earlier. How do you feel like if you had stopped earlier, you would have uh, punished her and would, to where she would have understood what was going on? Because the message we were getting oh, on Saturday night was that, uh, well, under a certain age, kids just can't comprehend, so you have to use force on them. Well, I think to some degree that's probably true. When I say spanking, and I, I will say this, when I say spanking, I'm talking about hitting in such a way that it actually causes the child pain. Isn't that the now, point behind spanking? Like, like kind of do a shoe-type motion. Um, and a mild tap, which actually is not causing physical pain, but is more giving emotional distress. I, I think that's very appropriate for young children. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, but I, but as far as causing physical pain, that's something which I've just come to to feel is inappropriate. But I do think now that this is this is just kind of interesting because while I would say that that is inappropriate, I can definitely say that my dad put me. And with black people in the South, call it either whooping a bee. I mean, there was no spanking. That was something you heard on TV. Um, so he actually whooped me with a belt. Now, that's the same thing that his father had done to him. Mm-hmm. Now, whereas I don't believe that's necessary for me, I don't believe it was necessary for my father to do it to me, but I do absolutely believe that it was necessary for his father to do it to him. Why? And the simple Well, you remember how they said, how the lady said that, you know, you're kind of keeping the child away from the hot stove? Mm-hmm. Well, if you were black in Mississippi in the first half of the 20th century, the entire world was like a big hot stove that could kill you. And so, when it, so you didn't want to have a child who was in the slightest way unruly. Right. I mean, because that sort of thing could literally be fatal. You could be hanging from a tree somewhere in the woods. Gotcha. So they either get so either get in line or you could afford to give any kind of leeway with. Interesting. Now, do you think that is uh, one of the reasons why the st- the study that we looked at that we were talking about the uh, the University of Michigan, I believe, in uh, Kentucky, their study showed that uh, that spanking was more prevalent in black households. Do you think it's that sort of yeah, historical I think that reason? That, that is absolutely. Once you normalize for things like income level and and education level, 
I think that the, the, the remaining gap, and I'm, I'll bet you there is still one, is probably on account of that sort of legacy. Interesting. Uh, of that, just that was just a cultural necessity. I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you, you had an obligation as a parent to try to get your child to actually become an adult. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, interesting story, and and and, I, and it makes sense what you're saying. Now, in other news, uh, since we got you on the line, Rob, as a parent, and how old is your uh, is your daughter right now? She's seven. Seven. Okay, so she's getting up to the point where in a few years she's going to be in middle school, and possibly are you um, are you sending her to a private school or homeschooling, or how's that working for you? Not yet, although we're going to be homeschooling her next year. Oh wow. Okay, well in that case she won't be experiencing government sex, uh, sexual education class. Yeah, that that I mean, there were a lot of things about the whole government thing that were big concerns to me, and you know, a lot of things I end up having to do are kind of uh, overcoming some of my wife's reticence about things. She's um, not, shall we say, as convinced as I am about certain things. So, like liberty and homeschooling, that's sort of <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff. Although she, she, I think I may be able to actually convince her to move to New Hampshire, which would be something for both of us. Right? That would be awesome. I mean, you moving to New Hampshire would increase the black quotient here by yeah. like 50%. move to Keene. Please move to Keene. I'm tired of t- come to Keene. I'm tired of seeing nothing but white people. Robert said a while ago uh, something about New Hampshire. Said a guy one of the candidates had a, had the black boat a man named Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't know, Robert. I, I want you to move to Keene because we don't have any black people here. When when I see them, oh, it's kind of interesting. You know, I'm from I'm from a rural area, and I pretty much enjoy myself wherever I go. I've I've always found that to kind of uh, kind of be the case. That uh, I usually enjoy myself around just about whoever I'm around because if I'm choosing to be around you, you're the sort of person I enjoy being around. Sure. <laughs> And uh, there's a lot of really cool people uh, to hang around here in Keene, a lot of great liberty activists, and uh, and we'd, we'd love to have you here. And I know there's a number of other people on their way. Obviously, it's wintertime, and I'm, the moving count quotient has slowed down, but I expect we're going to see uh, a bit of an influx here sometime this Come spring the and summer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, Robert, uh, so how would you feel? I was going to get to the question I was going to get to was uh, the issue we're going to jump into here is that a teacher's been barred from classes for having his seventh grade students draw male genitalia on the blackboard during health class. I mean, is this absurd or what? I mean, what is health class for then? <laughs> exactly. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. There are not enough black people in New Hampshire. I would agree with that. Especially uh, people like Robert. I mean, I'd love to have him and his family. Whenever I do see a a black person out and around, I try a little harder to actively engage them in conversation. Just because I don't don't get a a large enough quotient of them, I guess. A teacher's been barred from classes for having his seventh grade students draw male genitalia on the blackboard. Apparently, the bureaucrats say this is somehow inappropriate. Firestein, one of the uh, spokes bureaucrats, says the administration learned of the drawings after the Pearls Hawthorne School at the Pearls Hawthorne School when a parent complained. At least one parent said he didn't believe the material was inappropriate. Quote, this is biology, it's anatomy, it's human sexuality, said John Klibanoff, who has a child in the school but not in the class. They're in puberty. They're aware of it on one level or the other. And you know, I was talking with uh, my girlfriend today just about sort of... Uh, I guess being a young person at, at age 12 or 13, and we both sort of discovered that, that around the, that same age range, we were engaged in looking at pictures of the other sex with our friends. So like when you're 12 or 13 years old, you get together with your friends, and you look at pic- nude pictures of the opposite 
sex is essentially what, what what we had discovered. And I just feel like, you know, if if American society was more open about sexuality, we wouldn't have all of these issues that we do today. And I think we've got major issues in this country uh, with sexual repression. I just feel like, you know, if you'd been exposed to sexuality, if you'd been exposed not to sex per se, but if you'd been exposed and, and you understood what sex was, or you'd have been exposed to nudity to some extent at a younger age, then sex wouldn't be such a big deal. It wouldn't be as much of a uh, forbidden fruit for kids to be exploring when their parents weren't looking or when their parents weren't home and possibly getting in trouble, getting pregnant, uh, getting STDs. I really feel like this sort of... Uh, what you're seeing here in this case in Yonkers with this guy being barred for having people draw genitalia in a health class is a symptom of this this huge sexual suppression that we, a repression that we have in this country. Well, um, I would say that what's what happened with him is wrong. It seems like health class that's the place you're supposed to be, you know, learning about these kind of things. If if they're going to have sex ed classes, then that's what you should be doing in them. If they're not going to have them, then fine. Um, but I don't know whether I think that uh, if we had a, a, say, more liberal view of sex, say parents had sex in front of their kids, like, you know, in, in like some of the more rural tribal areas, there's one room in the hut, yeah. and uh, they're going to have sex somewhere, and the kids are, you know, doing whatever they're doing or sleeping. I'm sure right. they see the parents have sex. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily going to cause kids to be more responsible about sex and therefore cut down on incidents of uh, STD. I don't think it's um, going to cut down on the incidence of uh, early pregnancy. You would see in those tribal communities that um, girls are married at 10, 12. True. The, the culture is completely different. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And in our culture, I mean, it's. I just feel like there are some changes that can be made. I'm not necessarily advocating you do that. I think you should talk to your kids about sex. That would go a long, long way, mm -hmm. I think. I think you should talk to your kids about sex early on, too. Don't wait till they're 15. I think Because so. right. by then, <laughs> they've already... Uh, you know, by then, if you have a, a chat with your 15-year-old about sex, at that point, they're just, oh, yeah, uh-huh, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. I just watched a porno last week. What do you need? Why are you talking to me about this now? You know? So to your kids as early as you possibly can. And I don't think there are going to be a lot of people that do it because we're so sexually repressed. Parents are afraid to talk to their kids about sex. And it's only going to result in really negative things down the line, as we're seeing, as uh, the United States has the highest incidence of teenage pregnancy of the developed world. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Take control. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away, and that does include the wiki. It's like the listener-editable version of the website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about, wiki.freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it the war on drugs? Well, register now for the February of 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include Jack Cole, the Executive Director of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, as well as Rob Campia, Executive Director of the Marijuana Policy Project, and New Hampshire residents who are working to end the war on drugs. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You want to get registered for that as soon as possible. Word is that the hotel is going to sell out that weekend. 
So that must mean they're getting close. That's good news for them, I would say. Good news for them, good news for the forum, um, but bad news for you if it means you get registered too late. So uh, get on it. Freestateproject.org. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Dan in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Dan. Hey, folks. Thanks for uh, what you guys do. Thank you, Dan. Um, What's on your mind? My, uh, hey, first of all, uh, repression. Hey, here's something. Um, I've been doing a search for um, George Bush Constitution, um, and you could probably say the rest. Uh, anything I find on him saying, looking for a video uh, where he says... It's a GD uh, piece of paper? Co- yeah. Okay. Um, I don't believe there is any... 404, not found. Those, there is no video of that, to my knowledge. There's no uh, audio. It was uh, reported by, as I recall, the raw story. And it's not the greatest source in the world. It's I must believable. Say. It, it, it's, it's, he certainly acts Considering like it. Considering his attitude towards the Constitution, it's a completely believable p- quote. You're talking about when George Bush said the Constitution is just a GD piece of paper. Yeah, and I find all kinds of text. I find all kinds of videos talking about it, mm-hmm. but I don't see him actually saying it. But in um, Freedom to Fascism, he does say it, but what? it's blanked out. And I when does he say that, it? I don't recall that. I want that, that piece. <laughs> I don't recall that. I don't. Re- I mean, I've seen the movie, so I don't. Re- well, it's it's in the first one where he actually says it, and then they um they I don't know they recut it or second edition or whatever. There's a freedom but, to fashion. Uh, oh, I see. Well, we saw we saw the first cut. I mean, we, we saw it when they were trotting it around. Yeah. A year and a half ago or something. I don't recall him actually saying that. But nonetheless, I mean, does it really matter if you can track it down or not? I mean, it's a, it's still believable, don't you think? Well, of course it is. I just I, I think it's a little bit more impressive of to course. others if uh, they. Wow. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, if you ever do, uh, if you ever do manage to track it down in your personal mission, you'll have to let us know, Dan. Okay, very well. Thanks Thank for the call. We appreciate Thanks. hearing Keep from you. Keep up the good work, we folks. Will. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. 800-259-9231. Toodles. <laughs> Toodaloo. 1-800-259-9231. So, Mark, I believe you've got a story about some really, really crazy laws. Yeah, there's no story to it. It's just really crazy laws. Um, it's, it's, I believe it's called the craziest laws in America off of uh, crazy dot blogspot.com. Is this looks, a new story or is this old? Because there there've always been over time stories coming out about some of the zany laws around America. it's really long, so I would say that it's probably taken all the old stuff and updated it to some extent. Gotcha. Um but most of the laws are old that are zany anyway and you can't remember any of them anyhow. And they're always funny and weird whenever you hear any of them. Now, so, that's true. They're now, fresh. It's fresh every time you hear it. Now, <laughs> how is it that uh, it's organized? It, it's by state? Right. Or are you, there some of the best? Are there, like, the best of the best? And I'm, afraid it, I'm afraid it doesn't have it, but um, they, they, each state, ha- it's just amazing. It's amazing, some of them. Let's give, uh, let's give a dose of, um, according to who's listening to the show tonight, at least as far as if you want to call in and request your state, you can do that at 800-259-9231. But we do know that we have certain radio stations uh, that are tuning in. In fact, right now, Montana uh, is on board with us. So why don't we start with Montana? You're going to really like Alabama if we get to that one. We're going to do um, pro- probably going to do Alabama as well. And uh, maybe if there's a, maybe we'll hold some of them for hour number three so our friends in West Virginia can hear some of them as well. So crazy laws from uh, Montana for those of you in uh, KGEZ land. It's a uh, felony for a wife to open a husband's mail. Hmm. My but wife not the opens. other way around. It's okay. A- apparently, my wife opens my mail all the time. I thought it was a felony for everybody to open anyone else's mail. 
Isn't that like a federal felony, a federal offense? Something? I, I think it's I think I would think it would be, but I would think that it's sort of you'd be exonerated as the wife or husband, the spouse. Of. Or is it only a felony if you go and and proc, uh, procure someone else's mail? For instance, you know those deadbeat roommates or not roommates rather, but those deadbeat tenants yes. that were living here before we uh, before my girlfriend and I moved in. Well, you know, from time to time a piece of mail will show up for them. And if it comes to my house and they no longer live there, is it then still a felony for me to open the mail? I couldn't tell you. Um, I I would probably just destroy it if it looked like junk but mail. Then I wouldn't know, but it. then I wouldn't know that they owed $46 to the video store. <laughs> and it was turned over to a collections agency. <laughs> you just love to admit to crap on the air, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't admit to anything. What are you talking about? It's illegal to have a sheep in the cab of your truck without a chaperone in Montana. Yeah, that's a problem. In Billings, in Billings, Montana, it's illegal for employees of the city's communications center to program their phones with speed dial. Wow. Okay. Something must have happened, right? Yeah. Balls may not be thrown within the city limits. Now, wait. Are there citations for all of these? There aren't. No. Okay. This is, you Take know, it with a grain of salt. I believe, I believe these things. <laughs> it is a misdemeanor to show movies that depict acts of um, felonious crime in Montana. That can't be true. What? They certainly aren't... Uh, um, so the movie every, Blow never every uh, movie has a felonious crime in it. I suppose. Just about yeah, a good a good chunk of them. Bozeman has a law that bans all sexual activity between members of the opposite sex in the front yard of a home after sundown if they're nude. Hmm. Seven or more Indians are considered a raiding or war party and it's legal to shoot them. That's awful. It's il- it's illegal for a man and a woman to have sex in any other position other than the missionary style. In Montana, it's illegal for oh. married women to go fishing alone on Sundays, and illegal for unmarried women to fish alone at all. You never know about those fish. Yes, that's right. It's a misdemeanor to show movies that depict acts of uh, felonious crime. They did that one again. Um, hmm. I believe they're uh, redoing it. Uh, pop bottles are not to be thrown on the ground in Salisbury. And Helena, Montana, mandates that uh, women can't dance on a table or. Why a do we have? Why do? Why do you have to have a, an anti-pop bottle law? Isn't the littering law good enough? Or is it okay to litter, but pop bottles are out of? Uh, those, those are off limits. I don't know. No, no item may be thrown across the street in Helena too. Hmm. Uh, women aren't allowed to dance on a table, um, a saloon, unless they have at least three pounds and two ounces of clothing on. So wait, if you throw the item halfway across the street, you're still legal. But if it makes it all the way, you're in trouble. I, I guess. <laughs> um, Apparently, the uh, balls inside city limits was not in uh, Billings. It was in Excelsior Springs. And pardon okay. me for the people of Billings. Yeah, the good people. <laughs> um, Montana just recently le- legalized the production of caviar. In Whitehall, it's illegal to operate a vehicle with ice picks attached to the wheels. Whoa! <laughs> I guess that's just hold it into the ice better? I, I don't know. Ice picks. All right. So I, so there was nothing there, actually, from uh, from our affiliate in Kalispell. No uh, Kalispell laws. No, so, uh, but, but there are Montana, um, overall Montana laws right. and specific uh, city ordinances. 1-800-259-9231. Your state crazy laws or whatever it is that's on your mind, because anything goes on Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Also on the way, the militarization of the police. The military actually working hand in hand with the police. I mean, as though it it wasn't obvious enough that the police are becoming more and more militarized. We'll give you more information on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. 
If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. Tis the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free. The archives included an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Grab them up. They're on us. freetalklive.com. So tonight we've got a number of crazy laws, Mark, that uh, apparently you've brought in to talk about. And I think we should sort of maybe take breaks on them. Oh, yeah. There's too much crazy laws all at once. It's going to get boring. Yeah. And there's just too much. Yeah. So um, if you want to request the crazy laws for your state, uh, 800-259-9231, we'll hit West Virginia in hour number three because they're going to be listening live then. And uh, we'll definitely get to Alabama maybe before this hour's over. But first, to Washington and the Associated Press. The Defense Department is giving away free equipment. Hey, give them a call. You'll get your own. Well, no, you won't. You have to be in the police in order to get the free equipment from the military, which, of course, isn't really free at all. It's paid for by you, paid for by the taxpayers. Uh, but nonetheless, the article will go on to talk about how it's all for free. Uh, no longer, apparently, the, the military no longer needs this equipment, so they're going to give it to state and local police. Fatigues for secret surveillance of drug labs in Indiana, a tranquilizer gun to shoot bears in Pennsylvania, and a double-wide trailer in Virginia. Cash-strapped stri- cash law enforcement agencies are lining up to take advantage of the Pentagon's generosity. About 16,000, they're so generous with your money. 16,000 departments obtained more than 380,000 pieces of equipment in the 2005 budget year, according to an analysis of data provided by the Pentagon at the request of the AP. The items, which include night vision goggles, copy machines, helicopters, and bulletproof vests, were worth nearly $124 million. You know, I don't think I have a problem with the uh, the feds giving of our old equipment to the uh, police, except when it comes to things like some of the more military-type rifles mm-hmm. and the uh, armored personnel carriers and Bradley fighting vehicles and things like that. I, that's that's where it starts to get really weird. You know, the helmets, when, when they start dressing like the military, they start acting like the military. Authorities in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia, turned to the Pentagon for two hand-me-down armored vehicles to protect officers in hostage standoffs. The total tax savings to local taxpayers more than seventy thousand dollars apiece. Oh, it's uh, yeah, because they so would have twisted. Because they would have bought the vehicle anyway, right? No, they wouldn't have. Mm. And um, in Bucks County. And now, how much? And now, I don't know. I don't know anything about Bucks County. Um, but now, how much are they paying to maintain, repair, house? You know, Who do knows? whatever it is that they're doing with this hostage crisis handling vehicle thing. Yes, and while local taxpayers may not have uh, had to shoulder that $70,000 for those uh, units, everyone else in America certainly did. The top recipients nationwide are California with $17 million worth of equipment. Indiana, $10.5 million. North Carolina, $10 million. You know, uh, California makes sense. Indiana, I mean, they're not one of the most populous states, not by a long shot. What are they doing getting all that stuff? They just know how to do it. Apparently so. Detectives on a drug task force in Tippecanoe County, Indiana, wear military fatigues for covert surveillance of methamphetamine cooks and cocaine dealers. Hey, tip for the meth cooks. Be on the lookout for guys in fatigues in your neighborhood. That should be a dead <laughs> giveaway. Uh, in Pennsylvania, the State Game Commission uses a tranquilizer gun to put tracking collars on bears. In Covina, California, why does the military have tranquilizer guns? 
to for take the bear down squad? bad I mean, bears. <laughs> Uh, in Covina, California, police converted a military ambulance into a SWAT team vehicle. Police described the free equipment as a godsend. The progress, you know, they just don't have enough money. Uh, the program is administered by the Defense Logistic Agency. Police pay only to ship the equipment and for necessary upgrades. The military gives away only items it considers obsolete for its own use, parts that have already been replaced or are no longer needed in places such as Iraq. Quote, we've got unbelievable stuff, said Police Sergeant Jim Forbes as he was touching himself. It was, like, benef- crush, it was like Christmas here. It's benefiting a whole lot of folks in this business. Last year, Forbes' department obtained 55 patrol rifles and paid only a few hundred dollars for shipping. Over the years, his department has received boats and even a double-wide trailer it uses as a training room on a range. Some states have soured on what they describe as bureaucratic hurdles imposed by the Pentagon since the 2001 terrorist attacks. Wyoming closed its coordinator's office more than two years ago because it cost more money to operate than the value of the equipment that it received. Mm. Well, thank goodness they actually made a sensible decision there. That's actually a little bit unusual, right? Normally, the bureaucrats will not keep the office open. It's not their money. Right. Well, when, it gets, when these municipal governments can sometimes feel the crunch, um, you know, they have to vote for any tax increase, that kind of thing. They can't just print money like the federal government can. Um, they can't just make a tax increase like the federal government can. They have to vote, for the, vote on these things. The, the voters have to vote on these things in a lot of cases. So they're just stuck. You know, they're given... Whatever it is that they, you know, however much money they're, be, they're given, and they waste that money, but, uh, you know, they can't really get too much more. According to the uh, Wyoming office, quote, they're not making it easy for states to go and pick up their surplus, she said. The paperwork and everything is enormous. It's just not flowing like it used to. Other states appear more appreciative. In the 1960s, uh, the 1960s era, armored vehicles given to Bucks County only needed paint and fresh batteries. The final cost was less than $80,000, less than the $80,000 each would cost brand new. Uh, they're used in the standoff situations, allegedly. Lieutenant Michael Clark of uh, Bucks County says, if you're in your office and barricaded and one of these things pulls up into your front lawn, it's very intimidating. Yeah. Elsewhere in Pennsylvania, the military gave away free parkas, riot helmets, boots, night vision goggles, a tractor, dump trucks, if you're barricaded, If you're barricaded in your house, why are the police coming to get you? Why can't they just wait for you to come out? I mean, maybe you've got, maybe you're holding your children hostage. Yeah, or overtime if they wait, right? In Alabama, the sheriff's department near Birmingham received four 1970s-era helicopters. It cannibalized two for parts and already has a third in the air. We went to the bargain basement, said Jefferson County Sheriff Mike Hale. New helicopters would have cost the taxpayers $800,000 each, said Hale. The figures his department would have two airworthy helicopters for only a fraction of that amount. And blah 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 So this is more evidence of the continuing militarization of the police in this country. The idea that, uh, essentially, that the the lines are blurring between the two organizations. Back in the day, the police were peace officers, people whose job it was to simply keep the peace. If there was someone causing a ruckus, uh, they'd take that person off that property where they were causing the ruckus at, remove them from the situation, thereby restoring the peace. In many cases, jail wasn't even a necessity. In many cases, it was just get the person out of there, get them back to their house, or get them just you know, somewhere where they're not going to be causing the problem anymore. And nowadays, we've got this militarized force driving armored cars. We've got people with uh, military helmets. We've got SWAT teams. We've got rifles, uh, machine guns, all kinds of scary sort of military things that are that our police are engaging in uh and they're kicking down our doors it's not just happening in iraq because it is happening there all the time 
the military kicking in people's doors and acting as though they're the police. Well, here, the police act as though they're the military. And you can really trace this all back to the drug war. I'm sorry to say, but it, it just all goes back. I know we sound, must sound like a broken record, talk of the drug war, the drug war. But that's the reason that the cops have become so militarized. That's the reason that our society has become so violent. It's true. Yes, Andy Griffith really could protect your town. If it wasn't for the drug war. Right. Well, yeah, that's their excuses that they need to go in guns a-blazing with the drug dealers. But if it was a murderer they were after, they could just wait them out. They could. I mean, if, it was, if all they had to do from time to time was go after a, a, a handful of bad guys, they, they'd have no excuse to amass all of this equipment. They'd have no excuse to have the SWAT team truck uh, just loaded with explosive devices and flashbangs and... All kinds of dis, uh, just destructive things. It would all be completely unnecessary. They'd have no no excuse to make those purchases. Well, I think that uh, one might be able to make an excuse for terrorists, but right, um, you know, that's that's about it. And I think that we did have, um, you know, there, there were. I, I, what I understand, there was some terrorist activity during uh, World War II here on American soil. Okay, um, by German national types. Uh, you know, so I mean, we handled it then. I think we can handle it now. Um, I, I I wouldn't want to see the cops um, underarmed in some circumstance where they needed to need to have proper arms, but at the same time, I don't think they need to bust the door in and um, you know have, send a SWAT team in every time they've got some kind of search warrant. Service revolvers should be should be good enough for the police. But they kill people. Yep. 800-259-9231. Do you think we're wrong about that? Do you support the militarized police? Do you get all excited when the cops get more guns? Personally, I get a little freaked out. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. And then once you're done there, buy some stuff. Buy some Free Talk Live merchandise like uh, Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts and more. All at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com. Talking about the militarization of the police. And one story that essentially um, just suggests to the, the, the extent to which the police are bec- uh, becoming more militarized is a story from the Associated Press pointing out that the military itself is giving the police around the country hundreds of, I think thousands of police departments, giving them millions of dollars, taxpayer dollars, worth of stuff. You know, a bunch of old stuff they don't need anymore. And so they're just turning it over, all kinds of things. Uh, $17 million went to California. There are uh, AP uh, armored personnel vehicles, essentially, that are just being given away to police departments. And all of this only encourages them to become more militarized. Only encourages them. It's a, it, like, feeds the lust for equipment. Because guys, I mean, just really, and I understand it, because guys love guns and they love equipment and they love things that go boom, right? Sure. Who doesn't? What guy doesn't love things like that? I do. Um, I mean, right, right now, um, we've got our listeners are hanging out um, on the Internet showing off guns to one another. I mean, they just they just dig that sort of thing. So I understand it. It's just that I have a problem with the police getting this mentality in their heads of, we're troopers. 
We're a military. We're uh, we're like the military, but we're not. We're and, having a war on drugs. Yeah, it's a big war on uh, freedom is what it is. And I want to go to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Bill in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Bill. Oh, wait a minute. Let's try the amplifier line. Bill in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. How's it going? Hey, hey Bill. What's on your mind? Uh, I think prob- probably part of the big problem with the militarization of the police is that a lot of the police are the military, or used to be anyway. I mm-hmm. mean, that's where they recruit a lot of these people from. So it's you know not very surprising that there is you know such a military mentality to the way police uh, forces are run these days. Makes sense. And this coming from a man, a man who actually works in a police supply shop, so you're dealing with these guys day in and day out. Sure, and I mean, you know, we'll have, you know, all of these wacky tactical teams, you know, everything's got to be a tactical team now. Um, and, you know, they come in with, you know, all their, their thigh rig holsters and, you know, gear out the wazoo that probably weighs more than they do. And, you know, they're all dressed in black and they come in and they buy their little ninja hoods. You know, why, why police need to wear, you know, ninja hoods for anything is beyond me. But So they can't be identified? I'm not... Possibly, that way they're, they're faceless automatons, cogs in the machine. Well, you remember... Uh, oh, you weren't there. Uh, th- this was one of the neat parts about when we were at the Ed Brown house. He, uh-huh. got, he got out some pictures of when the police were raiding his wife's dentist office hmm. a couple of years ago, um, when right. they were carrying the, the evidence out. As they were carrying their evidence out, now nobody actually had a uh, a mask on, but every single one of them was uh, was hiding their face from the camera. There was somebody there snapping pictures of the police as they were coming out holding evidence, and every single one of the police, almost everyone, there was only one guy that was holding two things in his hands, so he couldn't co- cover his face, but all of the other ones were covering their face up with a file cabinet box or something like that, and just, just obscuring their identity. Now, why is that? They ought that? to hide their faces, because they ought to be ashamed of what they're doing. Yeah, that, I think that's what the suggestion was, was that, you know what, if you were proud of what you did for a living, then you'd have no problem walking out of that, uh, out of that office just with a big old grin on on your face. But if you have a hard time waking up in the morning, if you have a hard time looking at yourself in the mirror, maybe that would be one reason why uh, you'd hide your face to the world. It's a definite possibility. And, uh, you know, I was real happy today because, you know, one of the guys that I ran into who's picking up a pair of boots for somebody, uh, you know, we got to talking a little bit and he's very against the drug war. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So, you know, I printed him out some information uh, about LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Excellent. Uh, Handed that to him. He seemed real interested about it. Uh, I printed out a little bit about the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, told him I was actually going up to hear, you know, Mr. Cole speak, you know, about LEAP. So hopefully I got his interest and I'll pass some of that information around. It's tough for these guys to uh, to actually, even though, even though according to LEAP, a good percentage of law enforcers that they talk to agree with LEAP. They're with them. They want to see an end to uh, to the war on drugs. Yeah, it's their bosses who really want to go after the drug war. Right, so they have a tough time coming out about it. They have a tough time uh, being upfront about their membership with LEAP. In fact, LEAP has an anonymous membership specifically for law enforcers that are uh, that are afraid of retaliation on the part of their uh, department heads. Yeah, which which is something that absolutely shouldn't happen. But it does, and uh, and if if it didn't happen, they wouldn't be so scared about it. I wonder what sort of retaliation uh, people have felt in the past for this. You know, what sort of ways have the department heads gotten uh, back at individuals who have uh, been fr- uh, forthright about their belief system in regards to uh, the war on drugs? 
pretty much most of the time when I hear, you know, these guys talking amongst themselves, you know, if they do anything wrong, they'll get put on some, you know, crummy shift and work weird hours or, mm. you know, instead of having a cushy desk job, they'll shove them out on the street where, you know, here in Richmond, you know, you're probably going to get shot at or something. So Yikes. Very good, yeah, Bill. So I guess we'll be seeing you at the Liberty Forum then, huh? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Looking forward to it, and thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, as always. 800-259-9231. That's the toll-free number. Definitely looking forward. Jack Cole from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition speaking at the Liberty Forum. Now, Mark, you and I had the chance to meet him earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we were at the the HB 92 hearing, and Jack actually turned up for that. It was convenient for him. I think he lives in Boston or somewhere in Massachusetts, so he didn't have to go too far. Uh, to turn up for that, but he was a really great speaker. Man, he blew it out of the water. He really did. I mean, I, I, both of the leap speakers really did a great job. Right. There was the young guy as well. The, the young guy was great. And you actually had a chance. I heard you were sitting behind me mm-hmm. next to him before he went up to give his speech. So yeah, he was a little him, chatterbox. Yeah, you <laughs> and him kind of had a little bonding. Uh, yeah, we were talking. He uh, it, it, and it was it was just amazing to hear these guys that. Uh, well, in his case, the the younger guy does it every day, and he just realizes this just doesn't work. Well, he was the one that said uh, he got up and he pointed out he didn't have any notes in front of him or anything like that. He got up and pointed out that every day he deals with, or you know, virtually every day, he deals with people who are being violent while on alcohol. But he's never once dealt with a marijuana smoker who was on a domestic violence call or anything like that. He's never once seen a violent marijuana smoker. I mean, this is a, I thought it was a really persuasive testimony from an individual who had, as he uh, pointed out, eight years on the squad. Eight years in law enforcement. He was a relatively young dude, but he was in his late 20s, so he'd been there for probably all of his 20s. He'd been doing it. And uh, I was really – I guess I wasn't too surprised when the anti-drug cop got up after him Mm -hmm. and took a shot at the kid. I say kid. He's older than me probably. Took a shot at this guy for only being on the force for eight years when the guy that was taking the shots was only on the force for something like nine or ten. It it seems strange, but I – I don't know. He, the guy was older. He was probably in his late thirties. Right. So it seemed to me like maybe he was uh, maybe maybe he was in that particular position. He was a chief of police for eight or nine years. I don't know. Could be. It was. I, I just couldn't quite get it. I mean, he, obviously, it would be strange to take a shot at somebody who'd only been on the force a year or two less than you. If it was the yeah. difference was eight and ten. Maybe you're right about that. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed that 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 seems strange to me that he did that. But that was kind of the understanding I walked away with too. Um, but the that same guy, one that you have. the anti-drug cop, gets up there and starts huffing and puffing about his little statistics and his factoids about drugs. It's just reading from the playbook, mm-hmm. like reading from the, ON, the ONDCP playbook. And it was just really lame, his presentation. But he was taking, essentially taking a personal shot at the kid, saying, Oh, you haven't seen anything in eight years. Well, you haven't seen anything. You haven't seen what I've seen in my whatever, however many years he was in. And then Jack Cole gets up on the uh, the stand. And blows that guy out of the water. 35 years. Yeah, 35 years. 27 of them, I think, were Advice. on uh, yeah, in the the drug squad or something like mm-hmm. that, or a significant percentage of them. He I, was there when it started. Yeah. He was there when the drug war, war started. started. Yeah. yeah. And he saw the increase in budgets. Of course, we've had him on the show. You can hear our interview of Jack Cole on our website at guests.freetalklive.com. But uh, I don't think that guy, the anti-drug cop, I, I think he had... I think he had like he felt like he'd checkmated that kid, mm-hmm. the kid cop. That's so strange, but okay. Yeah, he felt he felt like he checkmated him. He really got him, and then Jack Cole just got up and tore him up. Though like, the question for me, though, I didn't. Jack take was note. humble about it. He didn't t- he didn't direct anything. He just said one of the first things he out of his mouth was thirty five years. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, he he didn't really take a direct shot at him, but you could tell that Jack was striking back mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of Leap, and that was really cool. Though I don't think that cop was still in the room at that time. I'm not sure about that. I think he might have given his testimony and left. So, yes, he, I, I believe he did. I didn't see him after that's that. That's a bummer. Because it, I, the more police that can be exposed to law enforcement against prohibition, the better. Um, so leap.cc, if you know anybody in law enforcement, send them there. Let them know that it's not just you that is against the war on drugs. Not just you, the crazy citizen that's against the war on drugs, but police themselves. In fact, I believe they have over th- uh, 5,000 members at this point of law enforcement against prohibition. All the way from former DEA members all the way down to street cops. All members of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. It's a great group uh, to get involved with. More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. More crazy laws also on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. As we launch into hour number three, you can uh, bring up anything. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Now, we started something. Actually, we started two things last hour, and we're going to sort of reset and continue in a way. Last hour, you started telling us some crazy laws uh, in this country, Mark, and they're always good for a good chuckle, though, and I doubt very many of them are ever enforced. And so I wanted to get back into some more crazy laws, since we have different radio stations on at different hours of the show. West Virginia is joining us uh, in this particular hour, WVTS, Super Talk 950. So I think we should do West Virginia of the crazy laws, and then we'll start talking about how the police have become... Extra militarized. Well, the West Virginia has got it's, it's a long list. According to the state constitution, it's unlawful for anyone to own a red or a black flag. Wow. Um, okay. In Alderson, West Virginia, one may not walk a lion, tiger, or leopard even on a leash. Hmm. This must be a law because of something. Something happened. happened yeah. It has to be. Right. I don't know. Maybe there, I, there's a chance that some of the lawmakers were just sort of getting creative. Like, we wouldn't want this to happen. We don't want any tigers out there. I don't know. Go ahead. A person may not hold public office if they've ever taken part in a duel. Hmm. A person may not may be jailed for up to six months for making fun of someone who does not accept a challenge. Wow. Okay. Doctors and dentists may not place a woman under anesthesia unless a third person is present. Man, they're really protecting their women there in yeah. West Virginia. Well, now I could understand that one. Not that I'm for it necessarily. Well, I can understand that if a woman wants somebody, a third person present, that's fine and everything. Right. I don't think we need a law for that. I don't think so either. But I mean, they're they're concerned. Like, there's been sicko doctors out there. But then again, there's also a chance that a doctor could be a gay man and take advantage of a of a guy. It could very well happen. Right. What about me? What about me and my molesting? Yeah, you need protecting too. Huntington, firemen may not whistle or flirt with any woman passing a firehouse. Apparently, the gay firemen can whistle and flirt with the men passing the firehouse. It's illegal to beat your wife so long as it's done in public on Sunday. It is legal, legal to beat your wife. Excuse me. It's legal to beat your wife as long as it's done in public on Sunday on the courthouse steps. (laughs) That's Huntington, I would assume. Wow. If you wear a hat inside a theater, you may be fined. 
in Alderson, West Virginia, it's illegal to um, – that's the, the lion or tiger thing. Sorry, this thing has a couple of repeats on it and uh, don't know where they all are. I'm in, just imagining some uh, wife-beating guy saying, honey – Get in the car. We're going downtown. <laughs> Take care of you then. In Nicholas County, West Virginia, no member of the clergy is allowed to tell jokes or humorous stories from the pulpit during a church service. Not allowed. Good. Somebody, somebody. So a law in a law ensuring the churches will be boring is basically what that is. You can't tell jokes in church. Well, I, I imagine that's probably disobeyed, but I would think that that was probably passed by a, a couple of pious city council people. Yeah, I guess so. Or excuse me, county council people. West Virginia, it's illegal to dig for ginseng in your neighbor's lawn without their permission. Hmm. You can dig for other things, though. Huh? I guess. It should be illegal to dig in their lawn for anything right. without permission. It's uh, illegal for one to take roadkill home for dinner. Oh, that's a shame. I, it's perfectly good meat. Yeah, I don't whatever. know what the problem is. Um, you can't fly a red flag in the front of your house if you're a uh, disappointed in your sheriff. Well, you just can't fly, fly a red flag. That's the Constitution. Why do yeah. We need that? yeah, why do we need another law An extra that? one, yeah. Um, it's, they really don't like their red flags. <laughs> it's against the law for men to have sex with any animal over 40 pounds in weight. Hmm. Wait, over? <laughs> yeah, this Wait, what? what? Hey, You'd look. think that if it was going to be against the law to have sex with an animal, Why it would be the little 40 ones. pounds? Well, I mean, it'd be the little guys. You don't want to hurt them. So if it's a bigger animal, maybe it's not as much of a big deal. I think that one's backwards. It, maybe. Um, it's illegal to put an ice cream cone in your pocket on Sundays. That it's, one I've heard before. Why? I don't know. Just doing the crazy lists, you say that you yes. you don't ever remember them. That one was so bizarre, I remember it. It's illegal to snooze on a train. What could possibly happen? What else do you have to do on a train? Um, it's illegal to spit on any sidewalk which which women may walk down. Mm. Disrespect. Yeah, it it, it doesn't... Uh... It's very strange. Um, it's unlawful for chickens to lay eggs before 8 a.m. and after 4 p.m. <laughs> they put laws on the chickens. Yeah. Confiscate your Is chickens. that statewide? There I don't we go. Know. Here in Nicholas County again. Um, oh, that's the the joke one. Um, no children may attend school with their breath smelling of wild onions. Hmm. Yeah. When a railroad passes within one mile of a community of a hundred or more people in it, it must build a station and stop regularly to pick up and drop off passengers. Okay. Is that weird? It, it's, it, it sounds like a typical sort of railroad law. Well, maybe they didn't want to pick people up in that particular right. um, thing. I I'm not know. saying it's good. I'm not supporting these. I'm just trying to figure out why they made them work. I, I, I guess that doesn't doesn't seem to be a crazy law to me. And uh, the last one, uh, whistling underwater in West Virginia is prohibited. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what the fine is for that. How would you know? I mean, could you hear it coming up through the bubbles like uh, they show you in the movies? You could hear you can hear a little bit of happen? noise. I don't know how a whistling would work, um, but uh, I know when somebody's talking underwater and it's, they're blowing air out, you'll hear a little bit of noise coming up. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I, sh- I, I think I'm showing my ignorance of physics. Like sound waves bounce around. I know that, but if you blow a bubble underwater and yell into it, will the yell come out once the uh, the bubble goes up to the top of the uh, uh, up to the top of the, the the water, or am I just living in a cartoon world? I think the latter. Let's go to David in Delaware. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, David. Hi. I've got an interesting update about yes. Salvia from the first state to make it illegal. The first one to make it illegal. Okay. I think we were, Delaware. All right. So I was actually talking with the lady that made it illegal. Really? And um, I, was, I was saying, you know, I agree that it's a, it's a strong substance. Uh, it's a dangerous thing. But uh, suggesting we had uh, worked with the shops to regulate it. And she merely said, well, you can only get it on the Internet, 
and uh, we we don't want people uh, DUIing on Salvia. <laughs> when has that ever happened? I don't know. I don't even know if that's possible. So it sounded kind of funny. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I I took that and I went with it, and I said, you know what? She doesn't want DUIing, so let's take a look at the the laws, you know. And I said, well, the DUIing laws. I said it's a minimum of six months uh, to four, maybe ten years or so if you uh, are responsible. And I said, you know, that means not harming anyone, uh, including yourself. And I said, but the penalty for irresponsible action, like driving under the influence, mm-hmm. is uh, is a maximum of six months. So, you know, it's infinitely less the DUI. So I'm saying if we want to encourage uh, responsible behavior, we should uh, we should actually flip that around. Can you run that by me one more time? Okay, sure. Um, it just I'm just saying that it's a minimum of six months for responsible behavior of substances. I don't understand. Minimum. Wait, what? what so, like using behavior? using salvia, six months? Uh, probably, probably more for that one. I just took like say uh, marijuana is probably the least, so I you said six months. You mean in Delaware, if you get caught for possessing marijuana, you're going to spend six months in jail? It's a minimum of six months. Holy crap! And you're, right. and you're saying that uh, if you get a DUI, then the first penalty there is less than six months. It's a maximum of six months. So in other words, gotcha. they make sure you cannot serve as much time as if you were irresponsible. I see. If you're irresponsible. I'm still, uh, I'm still enjoying the suggestion that anyone would ever use salvia while driving. I mean, yeah, that, that, that is, just sounds funny. That is psychotic. The only way you could know about salvia is to have done research on salvia for the most part. It's not really, you know, pimped out in the stores or anything like that. And uh, you would know that it's a very um, a psychedelic substance. I mean, it's a hallucinogen, essentially. Um, that it's a, Is it a disassociative? I don't re- really recall what the exact term is for salvia, but it's going to mess you up. And you aren't going to want to get behind the wheel of a car at all. In fact, you need to be in a, a dark place, a comfortable place. You need to have a sitter. Um, so anybody that smokes salvia while driving deserves whatever it is they get. Yeah, but the interesting thing is she sends a reply back, and it's possibly giving me an opportunity to suggest a change in law, as long as it's related to DUI, because that's what she's really concerned about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm concerned about that, too. But she says, I raise an interesting point, and uh, she suggests that the reason why um, alcohol carries such a lower penalty, that is, driving on the influence of alcohol, is because, one, alcohol is socially acceptable, and, two, <laughs> some members of the legislature drink and dive, Ooh. and they get to make the laws. Well, at least she's being honest with you. You know, if you've got an open dialogue with her and she's not being insane, I say continue it and uh, let us know what happens. Thanks for the call, David. We appreciate it. More on the way, 800-259-9231, because sometimes it's, it's hard to have a dialogue with the drug warrior. They just want to rant and rave. But if they're listening, well, keep talking. More on the way. Keep uh, asking questions as well. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are on the house. We Give them away, and that does include the bulletin board system. Over 180,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting. It's all totally free, and it is a lot of fun at freetalklive.com. Unlock the key to their heart this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. They'll help find the perfect way to express your love. From the freshest cut flowers, expertly designed arrangements, unique gifts, and treats like their gourmet Cheryl & Company cookies, mouth-watering Fannie Mae chocolates, and more. 
1-800-Flowers.com, your florist of choice. And uh, through the 9th of February, you can buy 12, I, I assume, uh, 12 roses and get 12 free, plus a free vase, and that's 40 bucks. Not too shabby. I mean, that's that's a lot of roses for 40 bucks. There you go, 1-800-Flowers.com. All right, so we uh, talked a little bit in the second hour about the militarization of the police. And the article was about how the military is actually just giving a bunch of military equipment. Of course, your tax dollars paid for to the police. And that was just one point uh, that I wanted to uh, make on how the police have become more and more militarized over time. And I thought it made it pretty clearly. But apparently, Popular Mechanics has uh, done an entire expose on this, Mark. They did. Um, I, I am a subscriber to Popular Mechanics. I like to tinker with things, and I especially like to read about other people tinkering th- with things. So um, I, I was surprised to see, because Popular Mechanics loves to show guys the latest gizmos and gadgets that sure. kill, kill people from the military. Um, I believe on like the... Like the death ray gun thing. I think it might have been the last um, issue that came out. They had a uh, the, the new version of the Tomahawk missile there. Okay. You know, um, and it could be nuclear, um, you know, a nuclear de- delivery system. Amazing. But they just love that stuff. So for them to come out um, on an article like this really surprised me. It's very middle of the road, but it takes a hard line against um, the SWAT team use. Really? Police and soldiers are supposed to be different. Um, hold on just one second. It's from Popular Mechanics, and it's the Glenn Harlan Reynolds. He's the guest editorial law professor. Harlan? Har- Harlan? Is you know, that was going to be my first name. Oh God! My parents almost named me Harlan. Well, instead they named you Ian. It's not like you—it's not like you dodged a bullet. Um, it's soldiers. Like Harlan Sanders, the <laughs> colonel. The colonel—that yeah. was his first name. Uh huh. I thought it was Colonel. Um, soldiers <laughs> and police are supposed to be different. Soldiers are aimed at enemies from outside the country, and they're trained to kill those enemies and their supporters. Right. In Blow fact, stuff up too. In fact, killing people and breaking things are their main reasons for existence. Police look inward. They're supposed to protect their fellow citizens, fellow citizens from criminals, and to maintain order with a minimum of force. That was the idea, at least. That's the difference between um, Audie Murphy and Andy Griffin. Nowadays, I assume Audie Murphy must be some kind of war guy on television or movies or something. Yeah, I don't remember. It's some old show. I don't remember. Yep. But nowadays, police are looking and acting more like soldiers than cops, with bad consequences. And those who suffer the consequences are usually innocent civilians. Yep. The trend towards militarizing police began in the 60s and 70s when standoffs with the Black Panthers and the Symbionese Liberation Army and the University of Texas bell tower gunman Charles Whitman um, convinced many police departments that they needed more than 38 specials to deal with the unusual high-intensity threats. In 1965, Los Angeles Inspector Daryl Gates, who later became the um, police police chief, signed off on the formation of a specially trained and equipped unit that he wanted to call the Special Weapons Attack Team. By the way, Gates is a major drug warrior. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The name was uh, uh, later changed to the more um, palatable Special Weapons and Tactics, SWAT. Hmm. Programs soon expanded beyond big cities with gang problems. Abetting this trend was the federal government's willingness to make surplus military equipment available to police and sheriff's departments. As we talked about last time. Yes, all sorts of hardware is available from M16s to body armor to armored personnel carriers and even helicopters. Lots of police departments grabbed the gear and started SWAT teams, even if they had no real need for them. The material was free, and it was fun. Don't blame the police. Heck, if somebody gave me a Bradley fighting vehicle, I'd play with it, too. (laughs) I'd probably start a SWAT team, so long as I didn't have to foot the maintenance bill. And, of course, the police departments don't. The taxpayers do. do. Yep. 
Thus, the Sheriff's Department in landlocked Boone County, Indiana, has an amphibious armored personnel carrier. According to that county's sheriff-elect, the vehicle has been used to deliver prescriptions to snowbound elderly residents and to provide protection during (laughs) a uh, suspected hostage situation. Jasper, Florida, with 2,000 inhabitants and two murders in the last 12 years, obtained seven M16s from the federal government. Um, leading an area newspaper to run the story with this, with the, um, the the newspaper had a story with the subhead: three stoplights, seven M16s. <laughs> this approach, though, has led to problems both obvious and subtle. The obvious problems should be especially apparent to readers of this magazine. Once you got a cool tool and you find um, you find you want to use it. It's true whether it's a mnemonic drill, a laser level, or an armored fighting vehicle. Well, they say, uh, you know, if you give a man a hammer, he's going to look for stuff to hit. Everything he sees is an ale. Right. SWAT teams um, designed to deal with rare events wound up doing routine police work, like serving drug warrants. Mm. The subtle effect is also real. Dress like a soldier, and you think you're at war. And in wartime, civil liberties or the um, possible innocence of the people on the other side, that doesn't come up much. But the police aren't at war with the citizens they serve. At least, they're not supposed to be. This was a neutral article. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. Like, this, this makes perfectly this good sense. Yeah. The combination of these two factors. This was put in popular mechanics. Yeah, yeah. You can't get more middle of the road. It's, it's aimed at Democrats, the Republicans. The publication is middle of the road. The article, on the other hand. Well, it, 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 he, he gets a little namby-pamby at the end. All right, all right. The combination of these two factors has led to some uh, tragic mistakes. No-knock drug raids involving dynamic entry where the wrong house has been targeted or where the raid was based on informants' tips that turned out to be just plain wrong. Mm-hmm. On September 23, 2006, SWAT team descended on the home of a farmer and his school, excuse me, school teacher wife in Bedford County, Virginia. I was held at gunpoint, searched and taunted and led into the house. A.J. Nichols wrote um, his local newspaper. I was scared. Oh, this was the porn one, right? Yep. I was scared beyond description. I feared that there had been a murder and I was the suspect. And when the, three, the couple's three children came home, the police grilled them, too. The family was held under guard for five hours as the SWAT team ransacked the place, seizing computers, digital cameras, DVDs, and VHS tapes. Ten days later, the cops returned the belongings, and it turned... They're very lucky. Lucky to get it back. Really lucky to get it back. It is unusual. The cops returned the belongings, and it turned out that the special anti-child porn police unit that had made a mistake while, uh, had made a mistake while tracing a computer address and Oops. sent the SWAT team to the wrong home. <clears throat> Sometimes homeowners are killed in these actions. Other times, it's the officers. When a narcotics tra- task force raided mostly it, the former. Yeah, well, you know they've got the they're they're on the surprise. Right. Um, they've got the armor. They're, there's a better chance they're going to survive, even in an armed um, instance. Sometimes homeowners are killed in these actions, but other times it's the officers. When narcotics task force raided the duplex apartment in Jefferson Davis County, Mississippi, in 2001, they arrested one tenant, then burst into the adjacent apartment of Corey May, oh thinking a burglar had broken into the bedroom he shared with his toddler daughter. May shot the officer fatally. May was convicted of murder and sentenced to death. However, his sentencing was overturned, and a motion for a new trial is still pending. Yeah, but He's still not in a good way. Right. He's still in prison for six years for shooting somebody who came into his house, yep. into his bedroom. He thought he, was, he thought he was being robbed or harmed or attacked. And who can blame him? <clears throat> you got a bunch of men screaming and yelling, kicking in your door. You're, it's 3 a.m. You're just barely gaining consciousness. I mean, I don't blame him at all for what he did. Yep. And it happens time and time again. Radley Balco from TheAgitator.com, I'm sure he's mentioned in this article, he's done the statistics, done uh, run the numbers. What is it? I think he found out 40,000 occurrences like this a year, 40,000 people's doors kicked in. You just don't hear about them because they, nobody, gets, you know, nobody gets shot. 
Exactly. And it's just an outrage. More on the way, the militarization of the police. If you've had an encounter with them, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. And uh, that does include the live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, both totally free, freetalklive.com. Get registered now. And I mean now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. We've got less than a month here, Mark, Mm. before the forum. Oh, boy, a month, and I get to spend, what, two luxurious nights with you in a hotel. Hey, Julia's going to be there. Oh, God, what the hell? God. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, Attaining Economic and Personal Freedoms in America's Freest State. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Yes, I only asked the Free State Project to provide us with one hotel room. Well, and, I uh, mean, we're thrifty, if nothing else, and, right. we, and our thriftiness passes on to everyone else. I'm just going to, you know, like, put a blanket or i'm gonna draw a line down the center of the room. i'm sure if you asked one of our listeners nicely enough they'd let you stay in their room i don't know those people <laughs> they could be like murderers or something Stop it. <laughs> all right bring up whatever's on your mind we're talking about the cops the militarization of the police and in fact popular mechanics is bringing us the report uh, the numbers, talking about the, I don't think they've actually gotten to the numbers yet, I don't know if they do, but the significant number of no-knock raids that the police conduct in this country, and many times, uh, many times on totally innocent people. Talking about the history of the militarization, starting in the 1960s with Daryl Gates forming the first SWAT team. And then from there on, uh, every other department in the country wanting to hop on board and uh, get until a bunch it looks of guns like, and stuff. Right, until it looks like the police department's at war with the citizens. Until you can't tell the difference between the police and the military, which I think is a problem. How about you? 1-800-259-9231. In a case that's now drawing national attention, 92-year-old Catherine Johnston, who lived in a high-crime neighborhood in Atlanta, recently opened fire on, um, on police when they broke down her door while executing a drug warrant. Yep. They returned fire, killing her. It's hard to believe that she got three of them. She hit them. She didn't kill them, but she did hit three. It's hard to believe that any of this would have happened if the police had taken less aggressive approach in the first place. Turns out it's all a big lie. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they they just they they made they made a huge mistake. That's right. And these these police, um, their life was put in danger, and she was killed. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And for what? What are we getting out of this? What is the America getting out a of this? A drug-free America, Mark. No, we're not. We're getting worse drugs than we've ever had before. And we just need more no-knock raids. That's right. the solution. Well, I think we should station a cop in everybody's house. <laughs> it used to be that uh, police came to the door, announced themselves, and then once a homeowner responded, entered the premises. Most policemen still work this way. But an alarming number now break down doors first and ask questions later. Yep. Don't get me wrong, police often do dangerous work, and they need equipment that's going to protect them. And dynamic entry is valid when dealing with desperate criminals. But there are tactics, um, but these tactics are being used on ordinary citizens and the police, and it puts the ordinary citizens and the police at risk. 
And when they do, it's often hard to get redress. Plus, well, it also makes ordinary people hate the police. If they, if they encounter this sort of behavior, if their friends or family members encounter this behavior, that doesn't do good for the PR of the police. We had a lady on the show, I think it was over a year ago, her name was Kim, and her son was killed by the police in the front yard of her house for no reason whatsoever. So she said. And uh, can you just imagine what that'll do to your impression? And in many cases, we've heard from plenty of people that have said, you know, I liked the police until... Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. That's usually how it goes. Yep. Lawsuits against police and supervisors face strict legal limits in the form of qualified immunity, and prosecutors who work with the police on a regular basis are unlikely to bring criminal charges against officers who negligently kill people. But homeowners confronted with tactics like flashbang grenades and shooting that are intended to disorient t- targets tend to be held at a much higher standard. The result is, and like the Corey May case, is that people who do the... Uh, the laudable thing and defend their homes against unknown armed intruders sometimes wind up being prosecuted for murder. Ugh. I just, and in his case, murder of a Leo. Yep. I discussed the issue with uh, political commentator Radley Balco, who wrote a troubling report called Overkill, the Rise of Paramilitary Police Raids in America. Balco said the problem is more common than people realize. He suggests that accountability and transparency are what we need. I agree. Police raids should be videotaped and in an archival format that discourages tampering. And I think that we need um, legal reform, too. Police who raid the wrong houses or to fail to give homeowners adequate warning, except in truly life-or-death situations, shouldn't benefit from official immunity. Our homes are supposed to be our castles. Police shouldn't treat them like enemy camps. Hmm. So I told you, he gets a little wishy-washy at the end. Still, though, a very, very well-written, uh, poignant, yeah, well-done article, and he's absolutely right. And I just love, I love the idea that it came in popular mechanics. Of course, ending the, dro- uh, the drug war would be the appropriate solution. End the war on drugs, then you've got absolutely virtual, virtually no need to do any sort of raids on anyone. I mean, wait a minute. I like your approach. Just wait them out. Sit down the street. If somebody just robbed a bank and you've traced them to their home and they're holed up in their house. And they don't know, and they don't know that you've traced them to their home. Just sit there and wait. It's okay. I'd rather have you sitting and wait, police department, and pay the extra time for the overtime or whatever it would be required to to do that, than have to have them pay out uh, five hundred thousand dollars in a wrongful death lawsuit. Oh, please, they're or, not going to do that. It's rare that that happens, but we did we did read a story mm. last week where a couple guys got a hundred thousand because they had their heads crushed into the carpet at a uh, car rental agency mm. where the police had mistakenly chased them as the wrong guys. Oops. Well, here's another oops for you. In yet another example of over-the-top drug-war-related SWAT-style policing, this one from StopTheDrugWar.org, the Gary, Indiana SWAT team fired a flash-burn grenade into the home of a drug suspect, leaving him hospitalized with serious burns. According to the SWAT team's commander, it was just business as usual. Detectives from the department's narcotics vice unit had obtained a search warrant for the home of Daryl Newburn. After making a number of drug buys there, police surrounded the house, and a member of the SWAT team, led by Commander Anthony Stanley, threw a flashbang grenade into the house. The devices are designed to explode with a loud bang and a burst of bright light, thereby distracting police targets. Newburn was hit in the back and received a burn about 12 inches in diameter. That seems pretty serious. Yeah, it does. Uh, He's uh, hospitalized under police guard at a local hospital. How it happened, I'm not certain, said Sergeant John Jelks, a drug unit commander. There's an entire unit devoted to drugs, and he's the commander. He says, Mm -hmm. quote, it's normal practice for them to throw the distraction device in first. 
Police recovered relatively small haul, $400 in cash, an ounce of marijuana, and a little more than a half ounce of crack cocaine, along with a pistol. Well, it doesn't sound like that, that much more than possession to me. Small time. This guy, I mean, he's a small timer. Who says he's an a dealer? Ounce, he, he's got an ounce. That's true. I mean, there's no evidence that he was a dealer, per se. Uh, rather than investigating whether the use of SWAT teams in the firing of flashbangs uh, is appropriate police behavior in low-level drug raids, the local newspaper limited itself to making smart remarks about the injured man's name. Quote, With a little help from the Gary Police SWAT team, Daryl Newburn had a most appropriate name on Monday. <laughs> that's, that's not funny. That's an insult. He to had this a new man. bird. He, yeah, it is a new bird. Isn't that cute? This is the kind of reporting that we're doing now in America. This is journalism in America today. That's how oh, the Post Tribune's reporter Lori Caldwell opened her lousy story on the incident. And yes, I inserted the lousy. The sergeant says we knew he was in there and that he was armed. You know, again, the guy's got four hundred dollars in cash, an ounce of marijuana, a half ounce of crack cocaine. Why can't you just sit there and wait for him to come out of his house? He's got to go to the grocery store sometime, right? Well, he's, I mean, he's a—he's just a drug user or dealer. Well, I, when it comes to the drug war, that, that it becomes a problem because they can flush it. You know, they can flush all their drugs, and then you have no evidence, right. and then um, then what are you going to do? Well, that's the—that's another extra reason to just sit and wait, wait for him to come out of his house, and then pull him over when he gets in his car. Um, he'll probably have drugs on him then. You can arrest him. I'm not saying that I support the war on drugs. I'm just saying it's a, a much less violent way to go about this. But no, the cops dig the they dig the violence. They dig the adrenaline. I know. I've asked them. They tell me they love it. They love kicking in those doors. They love taking that big concrete battering ram and busting down a door and blowing in the back and the front at the same time. Weapons drawn. It's really exciting for them. Unfortunately, it's our lives that are hanging in the balance. Not that they care. And I'm sure, yes, some of the cops care, but they aren't the ones on the bad uh, the rating squads. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Only moments remain here, though. And just enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231. Packet 8.net. Toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier like over 320 of our listeners have decided to do. Now, why on earth would someone decide to be a Free Talk Live amplifier? Well, I, I, I would assume that they enjoy the show, mm-hmm. believe in the message of liberty that we're uh, putting out on the airwaves yep. and uh, the podcast waves and whatever way, whatever ever other waves we're putting them out on, and they want to see that happen more and more. Bring that's more right. listeners, um, get more affiliates. Because that's what the AMP program does. It, it really does. Advertise, market, and promote, and it's a simple concept. Since we give away the website, all the features there, we give it, give it away for free, this is above and beyond all that. It's a completely voluntary option for you to show your support for Free Talk Live to the tune of as little as 3 bucks a month. That's all that we're asking for. We take the money in, and we turn it around into promoting the show, getting on more radio stations, getting on more people's Internet connections, spreading the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's important to you, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll also learn about some of the perks 
that amplifiers get access to. And then there's also some milestones that are involved in the AMP program that everyone will benefit from, whether or not they're amplifiers. Uh, the next milestone, for instance, is the webcam. So that's that's right. on the way. Uh, but we're, we're going to need about $250 more in AMP to get to the webcam. So head over to amp.freetalklive. Now, the webcam will be for everybody, right? Correct. Mm. All right. So uh, we were talking about the militarization of the police. If you've got a story, would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. But in the meantime, we go to the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, the JPFO, and an alert from them. Since we're talking about guns and militaries and things like that, I thought this was appropriate. Well, they certainly didn't wait long, did they? Alan Corwin, the author of Gun Laws of America, recently alerted us to some ominous activity taking place in Congress. Less than three weeks after the 110th Congress convened, they've already proposed four, yes, four new gun laws. Here they are. The Child Gun Safety and Gun Access Prevention Act of 2007 would raise the minimum age for the ownership of a semi-automatic rifle from 18 to 21. In addition... Because there's a big problem with that? Children under 18 attending a gun show must be accompanied by an adult at all times. So you can't send uh, little Johnny off on his own to go look at the tables. Uh, You've got to be with him. uh, What's going to happen? Nothing. I mean, he's going to steal guns? I don't know. I'm not sure. One of the gun, uh, one of the gun table people is going to shoot him. There was one time uh, at a gun show where a gun did go off. I was there for that, wow. and it was kind of it was kind of scary. But it was an accident. Sure, it was. And uh, and it, thankfully, it wasn't being pointed at anyone because most people in the gun world understand the number one rule when uh, dealing with firearms is you never point it at anyone. So it wasn't a, a huge problem. It was just really scary. Yeah. Uh, and the thing I love about gun shows is. It's the one place, one of the few places that will never get robbed. <laughs> you never get. <laughs> sure won't. Worse, it calls for fines and jail time if a child gets hold of your firearm and uses it to cause death or serious bodily injury. If you quote res- uh, recklessly disregarded the risk that a child could access your firearm. More ludicrous is HR 428, the quote to require the Consumer Product Safety Commission to ban toys which, in size, shape, or overall appearance, resemble real handguns. Yes, you read that right. The Democrats are pushing the banning of toy guns if they resemble real guns in size, shape, or overall appearance. And this is a law that they actually have on the books in New York City. In New York City, you cannot buy toy guns that resemble real guns. Crazy. You can't. In fact, I think they might even ban the ones with the orange uh, caps on the end. So they have to be fluorescent yellow or something? Right. I don't even think you can sell toy guns in New York City. I think it's gone that far hmm. at this point. And, you know, this article, sort of it, it's sort of a hit piece against the Democrats, as though the Democrats are the only ones that are anti-gun, when, in fact, the Republicans aren't doing anything to reduce gun laws. They didn't. Right. They had a decade to, uh, to cut back on gun laws. Okay, yeah, they let the assault weapons ban expire. But they didn't actually actively take action to make guns, uh, to give us more gun freedom in the United States. In fact, the Republicans actively support enforcing the existing 20,000 laws. Right. What they were active in doing is putting their hands in our pockets as far as they would go. They continue. There's also the NICS Improvement Act. NICS, of course, is the National Firearms Background Checks for the public, uh, for the public required by the Brady Law. We'd like to tell you more about the bill, but weirdly, no information on it has been posted at the site for congressional legislation. But the most draconian of the bills is the Gun Show Loophole Closing Act of 2007. This misleadingly named bill, A Gun Hater's Dream Come True, systematically destroys not just the Second Amendment, but a number of your other rights as well. Quote, and this is from the guy who analyzed it, Under the original draft, 
Currently, legal gun shows are outlawed without prior federal permission. Gun show promoters must agree to warrantless searches in order to operate and may be arrested if private citizens talk at the show about gun sales that they wish to complete away from the show. What? Well, one of the things that you do when you go to a gun show is, or some people do, is they'll carry around their own personal weapon, maybe strapped to their back, or what they'll do a lot of times, they'll have a sign that they'll post to their back listing the firearms that they personally own and personally have for sale. See, there's the people that have tables at the gun show, right. and then there's just the patrons. So the patrons will come in sort of pimping their wares, advertising their guns that they want to sell on their person. There's all that extra backspace. Might as well use it for advertising. Right. So you would uh, maybe see me walking around. Uh, hey, uh, you know, I want to buy that AK. You got an AK for sale? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And then talking about maybe going outside of the gun show and doing that sale, apparently now going to be illegal if this bill passes. The right to assemble peaceably at a gun show for, or even plan for one carries stiff prison terms unless federal licenses are issued in advance. They do like that kind of thing. Well, you need licenses. We need to check on your mandates and stuff. Massive new bureaucracy is created because all shows and their exhibitors must be registered 30 days before the show, then again 72 hours before the show, and again five days after the show. That's in addition to registering anyone who walks in, Plus, any other information the Secretary of the Treasury decides by regulation is necessary on vendors, attendees, and the show itself. So, all kinds of new hoops uh, for, uh, for gun show operators to jump through. It used to be that you could just walk up to a gun show, give them your seven bucks or whatever the admission fee is. Walk in. And walk in and look around. Now they want information on the visitors? Mm. This is going to kill gun shows. Yeah. This is just the beginning, folks, says That's the they want to do, though. And we're now, uh, and we're in this alone. You may recall that President Bush has declared this his willingness to sign any quote assault weapons bill that comes across his desk. So we probably shouldn't expect too much opposition to legislation of this type. All these laws, of course, will be enforced by our friends at the BATFE. This begs the question: How many wake up calls and how many knocks at the door do we need? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. So, I guess the message here is: get your guns now, right? Yeah, get loaded up. Yeah, why wait? I mean, the, the longer you wait, the more draconian the laws are going to be. Now's the time to buy the AK-47 and bury it in the backyard with 4,000 rounds. And, of course, the longer uh, you wait, also the the higher the prices are going to go as well. And I think you can get 1,000 rounds of AK-47 ammo for like 150 bucks. Really? Which, that seems pretty reasonable to me. I guess. So 1-800-259-9231, the insanity of gun laws in this country. Of course, I mean, do we need to go over the basics of gun uh, freedoms? It's clear that the states with the fewest gun laws, the fewest restrictions, have the lowest crime rates. Right. And, it, you know, it's amazing that people don't realize this. They don't even believe it. You tell them and they're like, ah, how could that be? How could that be? Guns are dangerous. I mean, you think these, these guns were running around... Popping people left and right, like they're doing it on their own. And the places with the highest controls, like New York City, Washington, D.C., they've got all kinds of crime. When you outlaw the guns, only the outlaws have guns. It seems it's so easy. simple. Right. It really is. Because if you outlaw guns, the good citizens, the ones that want to obey the laws, they'll say to themselves, well, it's not worth the trouble that I could get in this. So I'll yeah. just turn my gun in. Just like I'm supposed to. So then what do you have? It's a good thing I'm not a good citizen. The, the people that won't. Like me. Well, 
worse than you. You're going to make me a criminal. Well, they're going to make you a criminal by the possession of your gun simply right. because you won't give it up. That's right. But there's um but then you've also got that real criminal element that will use violence on people to get what they want. Yeah. And, and those people won't be able to defend themselves. Right. And if they do defend themselves, they'll get charges thrown at them. And here's the I had this discussion, I had this discussion Last week with my wife, mm-hmm. I said, really, you're, you know, she was talking out against guns. She rarely does this, but I can tell she's not mm-hmm. a fan. Um, she doesn't have much principle wise against guns, but she just doesn't like them. They bother. her. Right. And I said, do you want to put a sign out front of the house that says this is a gun free house? <laughs> do you want to do that? Because, I mean, that that that's a good way to find out if somebody's really an anti gun advocate. Yeah. They have a sign outside of their house that says gun free household. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do that? that? She said, no. Why? She thought that was a dumb idea. Why, 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 why is that a dumb idea? Because apparently it's okay for other people to have guns in their houses, and the fact that they do to protect her sort of by proxy, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that somebody's got guns in their houses there, but I won't have them in mine. I see. I'm better than that. She ever I'm fired a class a abo- above that. She has not. I see. So you I'd know, like we'll have to, to get our ladies out to the range one of these Yes, days. that would be a good thing. I think we should get something uh, smaller than the Mossberg and the 45. <laughs> the AK. Oh, God. All righty. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. I just got to get my fingers all better. My fingers are all messed up. I'm re- I really want to fire my guns up here in New Hampshire. I haven't done it yet. Mm. Looking forward to it. Because it's big up here. Guns are big up here. They're popular. Even the Democrats fire guns up here. So I want to get in all of that. All right. More tomorrow night. See you online in the meantime. Freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.